and body, you know. America's all about hot, badass, nasty speed. I mean, that's how you gotta play the game of hockey. And gentlemen, welcome back to Behind the Mask. I'm Ryan Rodosovich, joined alongside Jacob Stinson and Jacob Phillips. It is a rather cold February evening here in East Lansing, and we got some hockey to talk about, so it's pretty fitting. But gentlemen, first off, how you guys doing? Doing pretty good, uh, kind of. Depends on what sport we're talking here. Um, on one hand, the St. Louis Blues bring me nothing but uh, sadness and keep finding new ways to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Um, but on the, on the other hand, uh, the football is the only sport that is providing me any sense of joy at this point, uh, as my, the Kansas city chiefs are head back to the Super Bowl, And I've been, uh, inspired by Travis Kelsey. I've decided I'm now going to start using the word jabroni in my everyday vocabulary now. Oh, is it my turn? Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. If you if you <laughs> yeah. want. I mean, I could talk about how I'm doing, but I mean, I don't really care. That's... You're always second. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what you're expecting. <laughs> I just didn't know if you were done. I'm wearing my uh, apparently good luck Ajo jersey because last night Carolina had a you know four-goal comeback win with an Ajo goal in overtime to end it. And today they're currently up 3 nothing against the sabers so knock on what i think might be wood but it's possibly fake we we never found out what this table is actually made out of <laughs> wait for the uh inevitable tage thompson hat trick just to come back what's probably gonna happen not nah, Jer- oh, jersey still, on then I'll imagine okay that, that that's a lot of that, sports about some other then or get, that's all a lot of talk about some other sports i'll, <laughs> get, I'll get back to i don't know i go i get back to imagining tage thompson still on the blues <laughs> And then I get sad again. Ooh, speaking of hockey, though, MSU Hockey Podcast, I that's what we do. We like to you know, spiel off at, at the uh, the intro bit. But yeah, we, yeah. we do MSU Hockey from here and there. I guess we talk about it a little bit, you know, maybe an hour, a week or so. But uh, first game on the slate to recap, we're not going to spend too much time on it. Uh, Michigan State went to Minnesota, now then the number two team, now the number one team in the nation. First game. Yeah, we're just going to kind of gloss over this. It was 8-0 loss, 9 seconds in. What, Snuggerud scored? Oh, no, it was Cooley. Uh, Cooley. Cooley, my bad. Cooley scored first goal 9 seconds in. Snuggerud got the second. There you go. Close enough. And then Minnesota never looked back. Uh, St. Cyr got pulled after two periods. He led in five goals off 21 shots. And then Minnesota eventually went on to win 8-0. Mercy ruled Michigan State. Just kidding. There's no mercy rule in college hockey. But if there is one, it would have happened. And... Uh, that was uh that was not a good Friday night for the boys. To it say was the least. not. No, um, really, all you really need to know about the series, Minnesota, good. <laughs> That's about it. There's a reason they're now the number one team in the country. Minnesota, better than good. Yeah, they're they're for real. They're you know, they're going to the chip. I think they will. I mean, they're they, effectively running away with the Big Ten at this point. I like think. I've said, if I I'm predicting them to go to the Frozen Four. If they don't, that's that's a loss of a season in my mind. For Depends them. With on how all this talent and how good they've been. They're fourteen three and one in the Big Ten. Big Ten eight. That is tough to go fourteen three and one in the Big Ten. They've got they've got the mix. They've got everything. I think they've got mm-hmm. close as a solid goaltender. I, oh my god! What if they still had Lafontaine too? Yeah. Oh my god! I was that like, would be... I like close. He's Ooh. not. He's not on the level of like a Yanni Peretz or. Uh, 
I, I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily say he's like in Richter talks right now um, with what he's doing, but he's been good, and he's been enough for them. The defense is fantastic. Faber, Lacombe, Chesley, that whole group um, has been really good. I mean, and then they've got, you know, the boys up front. That top line is incredibly dangerous. Oh, I was waiting for you to expand on that that top line there. I was, I was, just, yeah, I was yeah. mouthing, wait for it, wait for it. <laughs> I mean, yes, what he's waiting for is uh, me to sing the praises of Jimmy Snuggerud again, uh, Blue's first round draft pick. But no, legitimately, even if we're going to go there, I don't know how he fell that far in the draft. The, watching him play, though, like realistically speaking, not just not even as a Blues fan or anything, like he is legitimately like on another level. He can shoot the puck and score from pretty much anywhere on the ice. Really, that that top line, I mean, talking about like Nyes, Cooley, Snowgroot, it doesn't matter. Like any of them can score at any moment when they're on the ice. Mm-hmm. It's it's really one of the scariest top lines to go against in college hockey. Oh, yeah, I, I think it's the best line. There's um, The only other one that really kind of gives it any competition is Western's top line uh, because they, they're they putting up a lot of points. But I think pound for pound, we're talking about the sheer talent. I don't think there's any line in college hockey that I would want to face less than Logan Cooley, Jimmy Snuggerud, Matthew Nice. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about, especially when you compare the backdrop of the Big Ten, that's uh, an insane... Uh, that line's got some insane stats. Yes. Yeah, that that line could well be an NHL line one day. For like, for the record, all three of them right now are scoring at an over a point per game pace. Ooh, sheesh. And the, the worst one, I use that phrase lightly. Um, Nyes has thirty points in twenty eight games. <laughs> the worst one has the how one, many? The one with the worst numbers is snot, uh, is Matthew Nyes. Who has 17 goals and 13 assists? Jesus. So for 30 points 30 in 28 points. games. Wow. Uh, yeah. Snuggerud has 16, 21 for 37. And then Cooley is 13, 23 assists, 36 points. And they definitely uh, padded their stats on that 8 0 game. Too. <sighs> that they did. Jesus. That they did. Man. Yeah. So uh, anything else there, gentlemen? <laughs> I think we've given Minnesota enough praise yep. for for a Michigan State hockey podcast. I mean, you have to you have to give credit where it's due, though. That team is so good. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, there's a reason they're the best team in the Big Ten. It's yeah. not close in and the country. Yeah, best team in the country at this point yeah. now. And we're about to give them some more praise because game two, completely different story though, completely different game. It ended up being a six to three victory for Minnesota, but for two periods, well, two and a half really, it was. It was anybody's game. It was very, very even. Michigan State was battling hard. It was a scoreless first period, so not like game one where nine seconds in, Cooley got a goal. Scoreless first, and MSU kind of dominated that first period. 12-4 to four in shots, kept it really close, and uh, speaking of close, he kept it 0-0 in that first period. He made some crazy saves, but the second period is kind of what I want to talk about. That period was pretty crazy in my opinion. I was kind of screaming at my TV at home watching it a lot of times. There was a lot of action there, but... Dorwart opened up the scoring in the second period on the power play, and Jacob, I gotta, I gotta hone in on you because you were, you did some advanced stat digging and found some stuff. Yeah, so I found I couldn't, I didn't quite get the uh, like how often they actually open up scoring on the road, but I got the last time it happened 
was against Miami in that second game Saturday, uh, November 26th. So November. Oh my gosh. So not even October, not even December, not even January. Yeah, no, it, it has been a while since Ooh. they opened up scoring on the well, road. Actually, yeah, technically January, my bad. It's now February. Whoops. But uh, that was also, coincidentally, Carson Dorwart on the power play. Hmm. So, I mean, just, uh, and, I guess. Ended the opening goal road drought of three months. Gosh yeah. dang. <laughs> history, history repeats itself. Hmm. And I mean, like that, you watched that first period was really well played hockey. And then the second period, I think was it the second period where Saint Cyr had that kind of th- oh that yeah, steal yeah. in net, that absolute yeah, it robbery. Where uh, it was, if, that if you guys want to see it, go to my Twitter real quick. I posted like twice. That, Crazy that was save. so close to going in. Oh, too. so close yeah. to being I over mean, the line in his glove. Yeah, you go back and you watch the replay, and you're like, oh, that was. Well, you watch the actual go uh, play at first, and he's like, oh, that's clearly in, and he knows it because he kind of sits there afterwards, like, oh, I didn't get it. But then you watch the replay, and you see like. Maybe a millimeter of puck that doesn't cross the red line. Yeah. Like the smallest amount, like pixels worth of the puck not crossing the red line. It was so close, but it was it was a highly real save. And it was one of those saves that I said in my head, if MSU wins this game by one goal, that's the reason why. And that at that point, he made that save when MSU was up 2-1. to one, So uh, Dorward scored, Russell scored, and then I forget the Minnesota goal score, but it was two to one at that time, and that's when Saint Cyr made that absolute robbery of. Take statement. a guess you, who the Minnesota goal scorer was at that point? Uh, Cooley or Snuggerud? It was Snuggerud. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, too easy. Cooley assisted though. Cooley, there we go. Was there a third assist with Nyes? Uh, no, assist, no, Nyes no. only <laughs> assisted on Snuggerud's second goal of the game, and he scored uh, the fifth goal. Oh, so he Nyes only had two points on the game. Yeah, lame. <laughs> wish, I wish we could say that about MSU skaters. Snuggerud had a fantastic weekend, though. I think, what? Okay, goals, no, we're done with Snuggerud. Three goals, three This assists. game's interesting. It's The second period was crazy. There was a, a review yeah, that... Yeah, but, but, but we it, also need to get to the third period at some point. We, no, uh, well, yeah, then, then you could talk about that. But, yeah, second period, MSU found themselves up 2-1. There was a really weird review where I forget who the skater was. Uh, they basically... Went into St. Cyr. St. Cyr kind of hooked his arm around the skate. And St. Cyr kind of like drifted out of the net. He thought he made the save under his right pad, but he didn't. And the puck was sitting like right on the goal line next to the post. Some guy hit the goal off the hinges. And then the puck went in. And it was like, okay, either this is goaltender interference or they can't call the goal because the puck was right next to the post. And because the post was moved, then the puck was hit in. And it was like... I was like, there's no way this is going to be a goal. No way. Uh, and think, then oh, they that, reviewed it twice, and it was a good goal twice. That's the one that tied it up at two, right? Yeah. So that yeah, was, that was goal Peter Nimi. Yeah. Yeah. At, at the end of things. Like, it was sitting on the it was, goal line. It was weird. It was such a weird goal. So I think it was, um, I want to say Nate Bott tweeted out the rule that, like, if the puck is just kind of sitting there, and the if the goal is knocked off of its, like, anchors in the ice by the home by like by the team who's guarding the goal then you can still technically score like there's some minor technicality that allowed Minnesota to score on that and that's one of those plays where I've watched that and I'm like yeah that's kind of a revenge play for St. Cyr robbing that other goal in the second period was that you know uh, Michigan State didn't let up a goal on a minor technicality and then Minnesota gets a goal on a minor technicality so you know it's it's you can't really complain about it. 
one for one. Yeah, I was complaining. I was yelling at my TV. You guys are glad you were in my TV that night because, oh, or that evening, I guess. But so now it's tied 2-2 at that point. Michigan State was up 2-1 and then two goals they let in in the second period. So they go into the intermission down 3-2 and then right out in the third Minnesota with another unanswered three goals push the lead to 6-2 and you know it's basically over at that point but it was a hecka interesting game for two pretty much uh, two and a half periods I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll say that yeah I mean I don't know wheels kind of fell off there at the yeah end. third um, period just they they went when they got down I think was it it was five to two yeah when they got down five to two early in the third it was kind of like they they checked out yeah they gave it their all and they just couldn't get back and then Cole Creeker got one left over in uh at the end, a little garbage it. time goal. Cole exactly. Krieger pushing his goal count to nine. Yeah, he's gonna reach double digits this year in goals, which is pretty crazy. But I don't know. Even then, uh, I thought it was kind of funny because I did not like uh, that top pairing with Cole Krieger on it um, this weekend at all. I thought they had a really they had a really rough weekend. Um, who was who was on with Cole Underwood? Okay, yeah. Um, like they were they were the pair that led up that one Cooley goal in the first period or the first game nine seconds in but there were a few times and was what i noticed throughout that game where they were getting caught kind of flat-footed and like against guys like cooley and literally everybody out of minnesota that has the speed like that they would just be kind of getting skated around like they were cones um and that is not good and they didn't they didn't have a good series i think they both were like probably like a minus five on the weekend minus six like that yeah Defense wasn't um, it was as not, solid. Was not very good. Um, yeah, I, I want to the really second quickly game, note cr- the second game. Krieger and Underwood were a minus three. Yeah. Also, the first game, I was I was taking a look at uh, Christian and Nashine House. That line, I I checked to see if it was as bad. They had negative four on that first game too. So I was like, ooh, they didn't do good. And then nope. Cole and Underwood didn't do good game two. The defense definitely was lacking. It was, but it was on the Olympic sheet. At Minnesota's home, and they're the best team in the nation now. So it's it's really hard to keep the the floodgates from opening up, no, especially with but, that talent. But even that, you know, you know how they got to number one, not not even just that was because the actual the number one team last week, yes, got swept by Woo! Minnesota Duluth. Let's go! They got that dog in them. I told you that home dog, the Bulldogs, <laughs> yeah. baby. There was but like no, there was only <laughs> one like of number one. Only one of us number one didn't put that pick down for the pickums. It was Ryan. Yeah, ding, 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 but ding, then ding. he also got uh, uh, RIT lost. I think game. Yeah, we're jumping at. We'll we'll get to that later. We'll cover that more. Yeah, but um, yeah, game game two six three loss. Anything I, else you guys want to take from that? Uh, I do want to. So I mean, again, the first in half of the second period was a lot better news for Michigan State in terms of the performance, especially, I mean, the performance was really good in that first period. They seemed to be matching speed somewhat. They for sure were controlling the puck. And even though they were both scoreless in that period, Minnesota's head coach Bob Motzko stormed off the ice at the end of that period. It was such an affront to Minnesota that they didn't score in that first period that their head coach just like, quickly got off or got out of the bench back to the locker room so i just i had to throw that out there it's one thing i noticed on the tv broadcast so yeah that was that was the weekend where uh, going into it i i had hope for michigan state i saw what they did against penn state and that didn't really swing me too much 
But I'm like, okay, they showed what they got. They got housed against Minnesota the first series. They're going to study the film. They're going to see what they did wrong, which they were apparent, easy, not, eh, I would say easy to fix issues, but it's hard to fix them against top tier talent like that. So I really thought they were going to have a, a, you know, bigger shot of pulling a game. And that game too was close for a while. It just got away from them and got away from them quickly in the third and eventually losing, you know, 6-3. So on the weekend, they gave up, God, 14 goals to three. Jeez, that's mm-hmm. should not have put it into that perspective there. So yeah. with that loss, uh, Michigan State, or of those two losses, I should say, Michigan State now moves to 13-13-2 overall. 7-9-2 in the Big Ten drops down to number 17 in the USCHO poll, so still ranked. That's college hockey for you. And then uh, Minnesota moves to a very, very, very impressive 27-1, and one and a 14-3-1 record in the Big Ten, which is that's that's just crazy. If the if they don't make the Frozen Four this year, I that is a a loss of a season in my opinion. We'll see if they win the Big Ten. But uh, moving on, we got some some other hockey to preview, and it's not against Minnesota. So God bless. It's against a lesser opponent, but still for a once. decent opponent. Yeah, for once for 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 the first time in a while. I'm trying to think of the last time MSU played a game against a team that was ranked lower than them. That be GLI. It, it would be the GLI. Uh, yeah, GLI. Yeah, because Ohio State yeah. was above them. Penn State, Minnesota. Yeah. And it's at home. True. Last Michigan full State. Home the, the last time they man. played a home series against a team ranked below them, I think, was Wisconsin. Ohio State was ranked above. Oh, actually, no. MSU was, was unranked at that point. I think MSU wasn't ranked yet when they oh, played yeah. Wisconsin. Was it, no, no. Wait for Ohio State. No, no, for Wisconsin. For Wisconsin, because okay. they didn't. Uh, they, they didn't get. But they were still. They weren't ranked until them. after sweeping Ohio State, I believe. And Ohio, Ohio State was ranked during that series. Yeah, they were like tenth. Yeah, so but, that but was. Let's, okay. let's figure this out. Let's, I mean, let's talk about it. Yeah, so that's so, about it though, because they haven't played a. I don't know the only like time since they had been ranked where they played a lesser team, so to speak, were GLI and Miami. This is a big series. MSU needs to sweep this series, man. This they do. is well because it, this it's paired a lot. with getting a sweep at Wisconsin. Well, it does, it's does so much for playoff implications. Yes, because they kind of we're gonna we're gonna so, get these are the winnable these are the more winnable games on the schedule. So that way you can kind of if you win these four games, uh, or by by four games I mean the two against Notre Dame and the two the last series against Wisconsin, uh, then the Michigan in the middle. Then Michigan, like, it doesn't necessarily matter as much what you do. I think you can at least secure that four seed and get a home ice advantage for first round of playoffs. Which heck, since we're on the topic, let's just get to that. Actually, well, go ahead. Folks, I was sorry. gonna say actually, technically, if you want to get into it, Wisconsin was actually at the time they're both unranked. Wisconsin was receiving more votes than Michigan State at the time that they came really? to mind. Yeah, looking wow it. Uh, Believe, yeah, as of November 1st. Oh, wait, this is. Hold on, this is actually the wrong list. I don't know. Just say November 1st is beginning. Like, well, that's that's like the first week. Sorry. Been duped. October. Okay, so hold on. So October 31st. Hold on. Did that's, they play in November? The Michigan, Michigan, Michigan State Wisconsin game was November 4th. The first one was November 4th. So looking at beginning. Or oh, wait, looking, sorry. October before November. My bad. Whoops. Actually, okay, so never mind. Neither of them actually received any votes at the time. For some reason, it USCHO brought me to 2021, not 22. Uh, so, safe to say, it's been a while since oh, never mind. That's the year, MSU's after, been that's the year a... After they lost Caulfield, never mind. It's been a while since MSU's had a home series where they're favored. 
and I don't really know if you want to favor them against Notre Dame in this. I I would if I was running the sports book, which God forbid, don't let me ever do that. I would probably put uh, the odds in favor of MSU winning, but not only they did they did did they do betting on college hockey. We would oh we, we'd goodness. be bad at this. Oh gosh, do stay away from the bar based, based on our pickums. Yeah, so I Notre Dame actually has a similar, if not exact same away record as Michigan State does at four eight and one. Mm. So and and we've seen Michigan State's actually really good. Has been really good at Mun. So that's their home record. I wish I had that pulled up. Maybe if uh, I stall enough, I could just, you know, talk my way through it and get to it eventually. That would be cool. Just keep talking yeah, and I think, I think I can keep talking, then I'll eventually get to the home record of Michigan State. Nope, I couldn't find it here. Dang it, I was close though. If if you give me like <laughs> if you give me a couple more seconds, I'll pull it up. I'll give you a couple more seconds, but it's home record of oh, there we go, e. their home record for Michigan State is nine four and one. Their away record is four seven and one. Nine four and one at home. They yeah they like winning at home. Yeah, Mich- Michigan State likes Mun Ice Arena, and for good reason. Mm-hmm. So hey, they're going to be on Mun Ice Arena this weekend, taking on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, who are now right now kind of very well, not kind of very similar, very similar record in the Big Ten and overall. They sit at thirteen twelve and three, so not thirteen thirteen and two. Uh, and then in the Big Ten standings, they are eight eight and two. So seven nine and one for or seven nine two for MSU comparison, and Notre Dame is currently sitting fourth in the Big Ten. Let me take a look at the points. They got twenty six. Michigan's got twenty four, and Michigan State's got twenty four. So with a sweep against Notre Dame, that's you know that's vaulting right into the fourth spot, giving you know what Michigan does. We'll see what they do this week. But uh, actually, wait, who are they? Who are they version? They've yeah, got they've Wisconsin. got the easy series. Oh, they got Wisconsin. Okay, so that's gonna be hard to catapult over them but we'll talk we'll talk a little bit later let's just preview the irish right now last series played late october uh usually these games are extremely close and you'll hear me say that a lot today but the first game of that series 5-0 loss against notre dame and then michigan state followed up the following day with a one-to-one shootout win that technically goes down as a tie but in my books it's a shootout win so 5-0 5-0 to a 1-1 to shootout win was the last series, and uh, they get to face them again, this time on home ice, though, which 9-4-1 home record. If they want to host a Big Ten tournament game, they have to. Have to get at least one. Two games is what they need to shoot for, though, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree. I, I think at least for them this weekend, it's, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a little bit of like a a litmus test, I guess, because this was Michigan State's first Big Ten series of the year when they went there on the road. I think now, kind of comparing that same team, and I think about the same level of team now as then, I think it kind of shows, it'll show you how much has the team really grown since that start of the year. And after they faced Notre Dame to open up the uh, their Big Ten play, they went on to win four straight, two against Wisconsin, two against Ohio State, so I I mean, hey, maybe if they split this series against Notre Dame, they'll go on to win four straight, two against Michigan, two against Wisconsin. Who knows? Who knows? History may repeat itself. But for the Irish, this this matchup, the more that I look at it, the more it's just like 50-50, like the same exact people just duking it out. Their play style is different, but every time these teams play, 
it seems like the game is extremely close. Don't look at that 5-0. That's a, that's a little bit of an outlier. But if you go back year by year, most games played, it's by one goal, maybe two. And it's just like these teams have each other's numbers. They they always play close, usually low scoring. And for for uh, Michigan State, they got some, they got some, uh, I guess, blood on Notre Dame. I shouldn't have worded it that way. But Dylan St. Cyr, he wants some revenge for that 5-0 game earlier. Sure, he had that 1-1 shootout win, but he wants to go against his former teammates. He wants to shut them out. He wants two wins. Yeah. I was, yeah, we were joking with it during media availability this week uh, with Dylan St. Cyr because it's uh, – um, yeah, because he played at Notre Dame, and he kind of talked for a minute also about like his relationship with Ryan Bischel, who's going to be a guy to watch this weekend, who's, I think, honestly, up there for probably one of the best goalies in the Big Ten. Um, I don't know. I'd have to do a whole power ranking or whatever of it if I really wanted to figure that out. But Bischel's been great this year. Um, but, yeah, because they, they used to play together for a little bit back at Notre Dame. Um. I don't know, but I think it's kind of funny. We also we were joking with it too because it was senior senior day this weekend uh, in the second game, and Saints here was joking that this is his third senior day at, <laughs> um, at his third different school. That's, first, that's actually pretty funny. To think first about. one being at Notre Dame, and then Quinnipiac, and then obviously now Michigan State. Yeah, senior. For those who don't know, senior day is going to be the uh, Saturday game of this weekend. So that game kicks off at. Well, Puck drop at four. Yep. A little, little bit of a weird one, but that is technically senior night for them. Yeah. Little, senior little, afternoon. A little yes. odd that it's not the last home game of the season, but it's the last home series. The last home Saturday game they'll play. Yeah. I was going to say, they probably just want to do it because it's Saturday and the, yeah, because the last home game is on a Friday. Yeah. yeah people so, got work on Friday. Yeah. So, the, so yeah. just for context, the week after uh, Michigan State plays Notre Dame this weekend they have a one home game against Michigan at Munn, and then they go to Detroit, Michigan, dueling the D at Little Caesars Arena to face off for the second game of that series. So a pseudo home and home, but one of them is at Detroit instead of Ann Arbor. So technically a home home game for Michigan, but it just gives them last change. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, they do get last change. Technically a home game, but definitely not in the uh, the Cathedral of College Hockey, Yost Ice Arena itself. But uh, yeah. Previewing this series, I I kind of it's hard for me to give in depth analysis because sure they play a little bit of different styles, but they play so close, so even, and uh, I think it's just going to be like two one three two this weekend. Yeah, I mean Notre Dame's kind of a slow paced team as a whole, and that was something I kind of noticed because I was trying to go back a little bit earlier today, do a little bit of a film study on it, rewatching that Wisconsin series, um, and that was kind of one of the things I noticed was they really do they. They are kind of a slow team, so you, you can kind of use that. They use that both to their advantage and their disadvantage, because um, there are times where they'll get beat with speed, and you know maybe if they get out of sorts on defense, then they're kind of done for at that point. But at the same time, they're a pretty physical team too. So like if they, if basically if you let them hit you, then they you know can do a good job of like establishing some zone time and really kind of make, making you work at that point. Yeah, they got a lot of a lot of veterans on their team. Six grad students, so graduate senior skaters. A lot of a lot of big, like six foot one, six foot two, two hundred, two twenty guys. They're they are like they're the Minnesota of two years ago that would just bruise you down, hit you into the wall, slow you down, and be able to skate more and faster than you. But 
for Notre Dame, they just, you know, don't have the talent of Minnesota. And coming into the season, I was I was extremely high on them. Looking at what they returned, what they brought to the table, and just everything they, they packaged together, I was like, ooh, Notre Dame could make a run for top of the Big Ten, and they just haven't had that season. They're sitting fourth, and they got a chance to uh, squeak into the second, but that's probably not going to happen. I was never that high on Notre Dame. I always thought they would. I think I my little preseason thing, I think I had them probably fourth. I think I had a mine. Mine actually shaped out pretty well. I I think if I had this right preseason, I still had Minnesota one, Michigan was two, three for me was Ohio State, and then I think the order I had after that was Notre Dame, then Penn State, then Michigan State, then Wisconsin. I feel like you had Michigan State at five because I, we were both. No. Uh, we were both yeah. talking about Michigan State I, finishing. Fifth I was flipping. I was flipping them. I think I know it was a debate between them and Penn State. I think mm-hmm. if I remember, yeah. you said earlier this year you said Penn State. You had it sixth. That would I think. Yeah, so. I think because slipped. It was MSU one of the two. Yeah. It was one of the other back, uh, While Penn State was second in the Big Ten, and it was a complete shocker at the point. Yeah, because I I remember I had them. I, I wasn't that high on Penn State. I know, um, just because I mean I didn't I didn't think they would they really adding too much to be significant and like fix their goaltending i didn't like Soulier. he wasn't that good last year i didn't expect him to you know develop he's into what he's not become. doing the best this year too he's been good he's, he's doing better he, but he's kind of trailing off a little bit but he's been like really good for them this year so uh gentlemen some blank wins if some keys to the game what teams will have to do if they want to pick up some dubs we'll start with msu and we'll start with stency msu does what and they will win They've got to be really good at breaking the puck out of their own zone. They can't get trapped in the defensive zone because that's where Notre Dame will make them pay. Is if they can, if no, if Michigan State plays on its heels and plays in its own zone, um, they really got to be keen on these breakouts and kind of try and get them being, you know, win a little bit in transition. Because, like we said, Notre Dame's kind of a slow team. They're gonna get, you know, Michigan State has some of the guys and the personnel in place to where they can, you know, get ahead in transition against slower teams like like Notre Dame. So I think that's going to be the key for them is just getting out, uh, yeah, getting ahead, getting in transition, and being able to effectively break the puck out of their own zone. Phillips, MSU will do what to win? I think they really have to play their game. I think they've got to get Jagger in front, get him the puck, and not be afraid to muscle in a little bit, muscle in some points, but also really focus on playing that fast and aggressive offensive style, maintaining the puck. Because really what stands out, especially that 5-0 loss at the start of the season, this is it was really a team that didn't quite know their game plan, didn't have an identity at that point. And I think what we have seen watching this team throughout the season is them sort of develop their kind of game plan, their strategy, and develop their their strengths. They still have their weaknesses, but I, I really think this team is very different and actually has a style in terms of how to win games that they now can lock in on. That just has to happen. I think that's that's exactly what they have to do, is they just have to play their game at Mon. Get back to their game and their home crowd. I like it. Uh, for me, Michigan State... I, I don't like using this cop-out 
answer that much, but I'll use it for this one. Michigan State's got to score first. When scoring first, they're 8-2-1, and one. playing at home, they're 9-4-1. That just seems like a recipe for getting a dub there, eating up a dub on a Friday and Saturday night. Uh, for contrast, when... <laughs> contrast when uh the opponents score first michigan state is 5 11 and 1 so they do pick up some wins but for me it's going to be msu needs to score first like i said earlier and like i'll probably say another couple times these games are usually lower scoring very very close games and whoever scores the first goal of the game will be able to dictate their play style more and carry that over the line for a win so for me michigan state gotta score first plain simple easy peasy didn't work against Minnesota game too, but that's Minnesota. It'll work against Notre Dame though. And for Notre Dame, what are they going to have to do to win, Stinzy? Uh, I think they're going to have to win the physicality battle. Um, like I said, they're a big, they're a heavy team. Um, and part of that physicality battle is winning like the 50-50 pucks on the boards. Um, because that's where I had seen them have a lot of success uh, against Wisconsin was when they were winning pucks on the boards and they're, you know, really duking it out in the corners because Wisconsin... Um, especially that Wisconsin's not a very good defensive team and not a very disciplined one. But like when they're able to win those puck battles in the corners, that allows them to you know get it to their defense and kind of set up some some real pressure on Wisconsin. Uh, and that's when they can start moving the puck effectively and get their offense going. At that point, is through things like that. And so I think that's what's going to be most important for them. Yeah, I mean, it basically, I would say the same thing. Notre Dame really just has to play physically, play the corners. Don't be afraid to get into some contact. But I will say I wouldn't be surprised if that comes back to bite them. Something we really didn't touch on this past weekend was there were several games in Big Ten where there were some, I'll I'll leave it at questionable, calls for contact to the head. And that's something that overall I think NCAA refs have really been kind of focusing in on. So uh, Dan Russell in that game too. That was we should have mentioned that 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 could have very well dictated the pace of the game, and it, I think it did breaking up that top line for Michigan State that game too. What was it a fair penalty? Nope. No, I didn't agree with it. What, was it a dumb decision by Rust to go out and hit yeah. some guy? I, yes. I don't know because that's kind of one of the things though. They always tell you to keep your head up when you're skating. Yeah, dude had his head down. Dude's in, head was in the danger, like but, high slot. That is the danger area yes, to like, get a body right thrown right at you. See, but, bro's head was like parallel to the ice when when the hit came. I also get playing rough because your team just kind of got roughed up a little bit there. But it's also you know Daniel Russell's one of the top scorers for Michigan State. You can't afford to leave the ice for that. Yeah. If it was someone else, like a defenseman, I would understand it more. But for some a key player like him to sacrifice ice time for sticking up for his team is a little is a questionable decision on his part. Going back to kind of where we started this video, actually, or this podcast, I mean, the same thing. Um, what when we opened and I was talking about the AFC Championship game, a lot of people were talking about that late hit. Uh, at the end on Patrick Mahomes and he was going out of bounds. Osai on Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Yeah. But that's kind of the same concept there. Like, is the call questionable? Sure. I get It depends on the situation. Uh, but, like, Osai's penalty was a real penalty. And I, th- whether regardless of what you think about Russell's, I think it is important, though, you know, especially if it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of, it was kind of questionable. But I think it is important for both Russell and Osai do not put themselves in the position to, you know, 
have put to make the refs make that call in such a big moment. Like you can't put you can't put the games in the hands of the refs. You know, and the thing is, they reviewed it too, and none of the angles that they showed. Maybe maybe they showed another angle in stadium, and that happens from time to time. It is rare, but it does happen. Maybe they showed one, but from every angle I saw, there was no head to head. It was shoulder to shoulder content contact rather and coster mike coster the uh, skater from minnesota that took the contact he was just hunched over head down and it just it looked bad you know his head snapped to the side a little bit but that's because tanner russell threw his shoulder in there good and after reviewing it i'm like okay they did not see any head contact i could still see a penalty for you know running the player down and getting him injured because you know refs will usually have some uh sympathy for that but i for sure thought it was gonna be a charging penalty yeah there like i was like okay he'll get He'll get a two minute, most likely, maybe a five minute major. I'm like, okay, I won't, I'll, I won't blow my head off if that happens. But there's no way he gets a five and a game misconduct. They come out after three minutes, announce that Dan are also gone for the game when the game was two two, a crucial part in the game. And I was just like, wow, that that really shakes things up in the bad way for Michigan State. So yeah, kind of going. So going back to what I was saying about Notre Dame, play physical, but also understand the limitations that the refs are going to set, especially in Big Ten play. So that's the keys to the game for you there? Yeah. I got to think of one here. I had one. Bit, a bit of a long tangent there. Yeah, no, it was it was good. I, I completely missed bringing that up. That's something that so, definitely dictated the way game two went there. So that was, yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I appreciate that. Apologies for bringing that over to football for a minute. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. We got the tie-in. It's a larger point to be made. But for me, Notre Dame's going to win if – kind of want to say what you if say. If they Cincy, score but... more points than the other team. Yes. Yes, that, that does happen from time to time. Just go with that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with another kind of cop-out. <laughs> if if Notre Dame takes a uh, lead into the third period, I think they're going to win. Uh, they, they, like to slow, they like to slow play down, and if they are taking a lead in the third, that probably means that they've been able to dictate the play style of the game well. And Michigan State, when trailing after two periods, are one eleven and zero. So they have not been good from a comeback, come from behind fashion in the third. So uh, even though it seems like they would go the third, they haven't done it all that much. So for me, take a uh, take a take a lead into the third, and Notre Dame will be able to convert that into a dub. So moving on. Looking at is it time for oh oh we going to standings yet? I, I kind of yeah. like jumbled up the order this uh, this pod whatevs you know we're, ha- we're I mean, having fun of it but uh yeah Big Ten standings update yeah. woo guess who's at number one I'll let the audience think about it for a second it's, it's Minnesota yeah. there's your second <laughs> they literally have a ninety nine point like point five percent chance to finish first in the Big Ten they're going to finish first in the Big Ten they've got forty three points. That's 16 points above number two, which is Ohio State. And then Ohio State is tied for second place with Penn State. Of course, 27 points for them. Following in fourth place, it's Notre Dame with 26. And they're tied for fifth in-state rivals of 24 points. Michigan and Michigan State both in that spot. Uh, Michigan actually edging above the tie because of point percentage whatevs. And then, of course, Wisconsin, Wisconsin rounding out the list at seven. There is a 99% chance they finish last. <laughs> Yep. And uh, just to update the uh, USCHO rankings for you, Minnesota, like we've said a couple times, they take over the number one spot. Michigan at number six, Ohio State at number seven, Penn State slips a bit to number nine. So does Michigan State 217. And then Notre Dame, welcome back. You've been 
18 to 22 this whole entire season. They're back in the rankings, though, because they slipped into the 20th spot. Yeah. Uh, we're back to having six Big Ten teams ranked, except Wisconsin. Ah, which that just goes to show you how tough the Big Ten is year in and year out, man. Except for the Badgers. <laughs> and and for once. Which they're year in and year out, too, speaking of them. For once, they, there's now a uh, Big Ten team not in the uh, not in the top ten that's not Michigan State. So. Yeah. Evening things out a little bit. Yeah, and then we got a we got a graphic that I, I'll continue to say this every single week. I wish we could show you guys this, and we had like a video that we could just here look at this. But I think I think the bigger thing to take about it because I don't want to necessarily read off just the entire graphics with no. numbers. <laughs> but I think what's basically the, if you're talking about what you know what I'm assuming we're talking about uh, is that whole list of percentages and where each team is kind of projected to finish in the Big Ten right now. Uh, I think what's really important with that is basically any team two through six can finish anywhere. Two through six, yeah. Yes. It's the only from... spots that are effectively solidified are Minnesota at one and Wisconsin at seven. Yeah, it's from second place, which is a tie between Ohio State and Penn State, to a tie for fifth place, which There's is Michigan points. and Michigan State. There's three points separating three Ohio points. State in second and Michigan State in sixth. 27 and 24 is the difference. The second through sixth in the Big Ten can be anybody. Mm-hmm. Anybody. Michigan State probably not going to finish second. And, well, and Michigan State's last, well, two of their last three series are against teams in that two through six mix. Yeah. So this, this whole. Is be so interesting, man. Yeah. Oh. I mean, so this is going to be crucial for them this next month. This last three series are going to be. Every game matters so much. Every point going into overtime matters so much because, mm-hmm. yeah, three points between five places. thats That does not happen often. It is anybody's game. The Big Ten's been a bloodbath all year. I will say there are three teams in the Big Ten that currently have two games in hand on the rest. It is Ohio State because they've only played – these teams have only played 16. The rest have played 18. It is Ohio State – Michigan, and then Wisconsin. Mm. So two of those teams that are kind of fighting for that number two spot in the Big Ten also have two games in hand on the rest. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. So I think Michigan State ends their season on a bye week too. Ah, uh, that's where that. Uh, I was like, where in, where in the schedule do they like get the numbers? Even I'm like, where? How's that? Uh, honestly, yeah. th- this second half of the season has been scheduled a little weird. Michigan State, I think, had two bye weeks in this half. Well, coming off the break, you kind of there's like a pseudo bye week. Well, so I know know? Ohio State and Michigan play each other at the end of the year because one of those games is at the Brown Stadium. Um, Really, an outdoor game? Yeah, did you not know that? I did not know that. No, okay, got like a a name, like the game or uh, something. It's called like Face Off on the Lake. That is that's pretty sweet. First Energy Stadium in Cleveland. That's dang. But yeah, so they do that, um, and that's where what is basically Michigan State's. Yeah, and then. Uh, last week of the season. That's the Wisconsin series that weekend for them. Uh, and then, let's see, Ohio State plays Minnesota that weekend. And then... Let's look so at... they could they could drop down. Because Ohio then, State has Minnesota and Michigan as two of their last And three. then Michigan plays Notre Dame that weekend. It's, it's like, I want to go deep into the schedule right now and find out exactly where everybody's going to finish. But because five teams are three points away from each other... There's no point. No. It's there not over until no Especially, it's over. Yeah. Well, just because of the Big Ten. Like I said, everyone from everyone that's not Minnesota or, you know, or Wisconsin can be anybody on any given night. Yep. 
So it's it is kind of tricky to figure out where everyone's going to finish. And yeah, Michigan State with you know looking looking their chops hosting Notre Dame, and then they're going to be looking their chops again against uh, Wisconsin to close out the season. And obviously, you know, rivalry week, anything could happen. Probably, most likely a split, but we'll see. It's anything could happen from Michigan State placing second, which they do have a three percent chance. It's possible to placing sixth. If I'm just going to read the percentages of where they might I mean, finish, first place basically yeah, not going to happen. Yeah, but, second place they got three or three percent to finish third. They got ten percent, so it's an option to finish fourth. So the last spot to host a Big Ten tournament, they got 19%, so that's a possibility, but 5th and 6th, 26%, 41%. Don't want them to fall there, though. Michigan State wants to host a home Big Ten series. Yeah, I mean, that as a whole, it's just, yeah, you we can always get caught up in numbers and whatnot, but I think the main thing to, to really take away from all of this is they, is they have to have a very strong start of the season if they want to host a playoff game. Mm-hmm. That's bottom line. Got to finish strong. That's it. Just, just like any other team in the Big Ten is trying to do, except for probably Wisconsin and Minnesota, they might just take the pedal off the gas a little bit. I think if if you're Wisconsin, though, you kind of want that momentum going into the postseason. Why? I mean, what are you going to do? do? You know, not go to the number two. Who do you? Oh, here, try and go for the one percent chance they don't finish in last place. No, I'm just saying you want the the momentum of you know. You win I mean, games yes, and then you go in the postseason on a hot streak. I mean, like any team, like any team, you're going to want to win any, every game on your schedule, but the likelihood of that happening is not going to happen. I want to put you guys on the spot. Who do you think takes the number two seed, since that is up for grabs? Ohio State. Ohio State. I pulled up Michigan's schedule. They got Wisconsin, then Michigan State, then Ohio State, then Notre Dame. So... I don't know. They've they've got a good chance. They would, they, but they, Michigan has been very inconsistent down. all year, and I don't. I think the amount of splits and things they go, they've been going through re- really, I think, is going to catch up to them at the end of the year. I think if uh, if you see, it, it it really depends on the Michigan Michigan State series for Michigan, uh, and I don't want to kind of get ahead of ourselves because obviously Michigan State plays Notre Dame this weekend, but. If Michigan is able to power through that series and come out with a sweep, then I think they'll take number two. But I think Ohio State, if Jakob Dobesh continues to play how he's been playing, they have a decent chance of at least splitting with Minnesota. And I see them just keeping the, the number two seed. Michigan's got a favorable schedule. They've got that talent. They're just, you're right, they have not been able to put it together all season long. And maybe missing Mel Pearson is part of that issue, but... It's, I don't know. I, I could see anybody taking it. That's why I kind of want to bring the question up, see what you guys think. If I had to pick a team, I'll go Ohio State as well. But I think the answer know, is not Penn State. I could see Penn State doing it too. That's the I've thing. Been, I've been on my, uh, I'm, I'm restarting the Penn State as fraudulent narrative <laughs> that I had preseason and then had to retract for a little bit, but it's back out. It's back in full force. Which see, I, I, I wouldn't quite say Penn State is fraudulent. They're, they're not number two. I think I think dropping them down to number nine suits them more because, I mean, Jakob Dobesh came out of of winter break with a vengeance, and has been a much better goalie for Ohio State, and has been part of the reason why they've just been somewhat on a roll. And Michigan also pulling out a win against Minnesota in overtime 
also impressive. I just think Ohio State has been more consistent. Michigan is still good. Penn yeah. State, good, but Michigan State picks up three games out of four against Penn State. They're they're I think they've got their problems. They're they have clear gaps in their armor that I think the other Big Ten teams have been able to identify and really target. We're doing oh, we're Ohio doing we're, we're going yeah, we're going way off. I just want to say this one thing. Ohio State, seven and two the last nine games, Penn State one and five the last six. So there's there's something to take. We've there. we're doing an awful lot of talking about Ohio State versus Penn State, and they're playing them. They start each other this weekend. Ooh. I think this is a good time to transition into uh, America's favorite segment. Personally, woo! Cue the music. Oh, no, we don't that's have up, music. I was like, that's up to that's... you, dog. You're the, you edit these. <laughs> still waiting for the day get we get sound enough. effects. <laughs> I was, we started to change the intro from Dan Cole. Yeah. Um, well, no one had to know. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm cut spoiler, back. Alert. spoiler alert it's Dan Cole in the in that intro that's what we've had for it's an amazing quote right? it is we don't we need something funny from Nightingale in the next one but uh, let's try to get something funny on Nightingale good luck yeah <laughs> yeah uh, uh, he has some if, if anyone some from MSU hockey about. is listening please please just like get us a, a good quote we're getting a dis- funny quote we're getting very is anybody, like close friends with Nightingale you know have some drinks with him got a good quote out of him like how about know, we uh, talk about you know how about we recap these pickums before we... you know what let's do that let's yeah do that. okay so we're gonna just, we're, it's time again for America's favorite segment we're back with behind the mask pickums um recapping real quick over last week and where we were at um Notre Dame did sweep Wisconsin. Uh, Phillips got two points for that. He's the only one that got points. Michigan swept Penn State, and no one got points for that. Um, Minnesota swept Michigan State. We all saw that one coming, uh, so we all got two points. Uh, And so with that, really, Phillips gains two points on Ryan and I. Um, Ryan and I, or we, Ryan and I get two. Phillips gets four. None of our parlays hit, so no bonus points came either. Uh, I came close though. I got three out of four. Ryan had one out of two um, on his, and we both, or well, I should say, I got messed over by St. Cloud getting swept by Duluth. I told you. I told. You. I might. You know what? I might go back and, and then, get the clip from last week and put it right here. But then the other one that you guys both got and I do not have, St. Cloud State at Minnesota Duluth. Minnesota Duluth has that dog in them. Their mascot is, is the dog. Bulldog. Okay. At home, they got that dog in them. Ten wins on the season, eight of them at home. St. Cloud State is going to be riding off the high against Denver. They are not going to be ready for the Bulldogs at home. That's why I'm not touching that. And then Ryan made the mistake of... I knew that was going to bite me in the butt. I, I knew it. I'm like, <laughs> Ryan made the mistake of betting on the Atlantic Conference. Screw you, Atlantic Conference. And he had ah. RIT sweeping Holy Cross, and they split. So, uh, Not the Crusaders, yep. man. Basically, though, yep. Ryan and I each gained two. Phillips gained four. So he has a, he's closing the gap on us slightly, but brings current totals to 42 points. Ryan and I, we're still tied. <laughs> How uh, many weeks in a row is this? I have to go back in the archives Four? to find that one now. And, it's been more than that. And before that, it was a one-point oh, oh, lead It's always for been me. within like a, within a point. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, and then Phillips has trails us now only by three points. He's got 39. Still right. anyone's game, technically. Te- well, te- this is the closest BTMs have been in, or BTM pickups have been in, well, like, at this point, last year, century. At, last year, at this point last year, weren't we, like, already calling it pretty much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I, don't have to remind me. Because <laughs> yours truly was up by so much. Mm-hmm. 
Whatevs. I I have faith in my very bad parlay picks every week. All I'm saying, I, I like I like the parlay system we've been doing this year instead of yeah. I do else. like parlays over locks of the week because we're gonna take a look at college hockey as a whole. Yeah, of just I, that's kind time. of my th- that's kind of what I wanted to do with it was like you know keep it on college hockey and kind of you know get some. I, eyes on here like for example last year when would we ever have been talking about rit versus holy cross on never here? exactly no one never cares ever. no one else would care normally but it's it's a way to uh you know expand the expand the broaden the horizon exactly. of college hockey knowledge the beautiful people that are listening I mean, to this podcast exactly. now you're listening to this podcast you are beautiful as heck let me tell you that who I mean, now we've we've talked several times about Bemidji on this podcast. True. When would that have happened? No one. Yeah. When? Uh. Oh gosh. Charlie Combs transferred. That's when that would have happened. I forgot he was from Bemidji. Yeah. Shout out Charlie Combs. Shout out. Shout out us clowning his height like two years ago. Oh, we did do that on the podcast. That was me that did that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wasn't clowning. Okay. We're we're, we're doing getting the pickups. I'm, 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 uh, okay. I'm set we'll the game. St- we'll start off. Oh, you want to set the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, go ahead. We'll start off the first matchup of the week. It's Wisconsin traveling to. Yost Ice Arena take on the number six ranked Michigan Wolverines. That's who you got. Can we kind of just like skip this one? Not skip, so, yeah. but like go over this real quick. We'll have Michigan sweeping. Yep. Michigan. 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 I mean, cool. it's at Michigan. Wisconsin yeah. is not, not Wisconsin away bad. Michigan thing. at home. I, I don't think Wisconsin has won a road game in the Big Ten. It wouldn't surprise me if they didn't. Have, they have not. So, jumping to number two, honestly, this one's good with top ten matchup between what may be Jacob Simpson's fraudulent team of the year. It's number nine, Penn State Nittany Lions, traveling to the number seven Ohio State Buckeyes. Who you got, Cincy? I'm leaning into my Penn State fraudulent narrative fully. I've got an Ohio State sweep. Wheels are falling off in Hockey Valley. Uh, yeah. Right now, what what would we say? One and five in the last six. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State's kind of picking things back up again uh, since the New Year's been starting. They're when they're on, they're one of the best teams in the country, and I think that's going to happen again this weekend. So Buckeye sweep. I really so I can see Ohio State sweeping, mm-hmm. but they're going to rely heavily on Jakob Dobesh. Probably the most that they've relied on him in since oh man I, I i really don't have a good like comparison because penn state much like michigan state high volume offense they love to put shots anywhere near the net they're not great shots but they put a lot of them a lot of them in that area so i see penn state pulling one against ohio state I, I, I think it's going to be a close game, but they're going to at least get one. So put me down for a split. Penn State is not a fraudulent team. They're a good team that's had a bad spell of games recently. Sure, it's at Ohio State, and I could see a world where Ohio State, who's been on a roll. Actually, it's funny enough, last year they were also on a roll at this period of time before the wheels fell off the last month of the season, if you remember that. So I think... Ohio State, they're gonna go. They're gonna slow down a bit. Be humbled. Penn State losing last five out of six. They're a better team than that. They're hungry. They're gonna go on the road and they're gonna fight for a split. Not gonna be the Ohio State sweep, but this is gonna be interesting to see. I hopefully we're not tied after this week. Please, I don't think we can be. Yeah, I I'm pretty sure this is week where it has to end and not a tie. Please, man, that would be fantastic. But uh, there's a there's Wait, another... actually no. I'm wrong. Never mind. If Ohio State sweeps, uh. And your parlay hits, then oh yeah, there. Then we'll be back to being tied again. It's a big Ugh. if. Okay, well, we'll, but we'll if see your parlay you guys hits, but mine time. doesn't. 
<laughs> so uh, moving on to a top 20 matchup. It is the number 20 Notre Dame Fighting Irish traveling to Mon Ice Arena to take on the number 17 ranked Michigan State Spartan Stency. Who do you have? I got a split. Um, I was kind of was doing my research. If I'm correct, Notre Dame has had two Big Ten series all year that haven't ended in a split. Uh, and that was going to Minnesota and being home against Wisconsin. So it's either a road series at the best team in the country or a home series against the worst team in the conference. Other than that, it's been all splits. So I think same's going to happen because they are doing neither of those this weekend. So split. Phillips, who you got? I think Mon Ice Arena is a tough place to play in if you are not Michigan State. I think MSU or has... Minnesota. That goes to <laughs> Minnesota could play on the moon and sweep, and sweep whoever they play against. Uh, MSU has had some good sweeps against teams at Mon. Top 10 teams like Penn State and Ohio State because Ohio State was 10th at the time. And I think, or I would expect, the refs to really limit the physicality of Notre Dame based on their calls from this past weekend, not just in Michigan State's game, but also in other games. So I actually have Michigan State sweeping. I think they can take advantage of home ice, the atmosphere, which, especially in this second half of the season, but also going into winter break, they really took advantage of. And overall, I think Michigan State's offense is completely different from when these teams faced off earlier in the year. For me, I am going with the split. Basically a broken record, what I said earlier. These teams play close games virtually every single time they meet. It's going to be two one-goal games. Give me give me two to one for one of the finishes. Give me three to two for the other. It's I see a very even matchup at this point of the year, and... Uh, yeah, it's just gonna be gonna be a split. No, no in-depth analysis required from me there. It's just uh, gonna be two close games. So that is the uh, they, the Big Ten pick'em side of things. Moving on to the locks of the week, we got to pick a parlay of out-of-conference games, and we have to pick them to sweep. And if they don't sweep, and we pick them, our parlays are dead. So Stency, we'll start with you. All right, cooking up a solid little three-teamer this week. Ryan and I originally had the exact same parlay. Then I went oh, and added one because I wanted to be different. You added one of mine. Let's let's clarify. <laughs> let's let's be let's be real. I decided to add the one that I thought was actually had a very high likelihood of hitting. Um, Why? Thank you. But um, I w- I would consider these locks. I've got Minnesota State over St. Thomas. Uh, I have St. Cloud over Miami, and then I have the one that really shouldn't even count. LIU. Do we want to count this? I mean, we're all it's a full. It. It's a full series. It counts, and it's technically a Division One team, so oh, God. it technically is eligible. So we're, I'm taking LIU over Stonehill. Uh, Stonehill, for those of you that don't know, is a first year D1 program, but they're not doing the same thing that St. Thomas did last year when they were first year D1. Um, they only play six or no five, five uh, Division One games all season. Um, what? But like they're still listed and counted in pairwise and everything else, but they play they're playing a five they're playing five D one games against uh, two teams. Yes, they play. They already played LIU once uh, in October, 
and LAU won seven to one. So this is their second game of the season for at D one. I'm at, sure they've played. They've had yeah. They've had. To they play played like some D three schools or whatever else. This if but if LIU doesn't sweep them here, if, oh, if this is where we end things, oh my gosh! But yeah, they they do that, and then next week they play Lindenwood. So some quality matchups in college hockey right here. There yeah. will be a total of eleven people watching those matchups, mostly mothers and fathers. Sure. Um. Yeah, but regardless, uh, this is a small school going against. Um, a team that's at least D1, uh, which honestly might be the highest compliment I can give to LIU this year. Um, yeah, give me the Sharks. Bada bing, bada boom, Phillips. What is your, what's your little parlay you got going on here? What's, what's this guy going on here? Okay. I think the, I will, I would say the obvious pick, however, this came back to bite me last week is St. Cloud. Over Miami. You, you guys don't know Redmond Savage of the Miami Redhawks, man. Let me tell you, you guys, you guys are going to be uh, acquainted with his existence. Okay, this that, that's cool and all, but um, <laughs> I'm just going to, because I know Ryan's going to be adamantly not picking this anyways, because yes. uh, um, it worked out last week. Well, because I could, this Saint, one I see well, it so you hitting remember, a lot more than last week. I, I see them winning. You remember the last time sweeping. Miami and St. Cloud played each other? I and I picked I, I, I well, so I picked um St. Cloud to sweep that time too. Uh but then in the latter game of that series, Miami randomly came out and won five nothing. Oh. Yeah. I'm gonna not pick that series. Um but so you know, what what gives me makes me think things are different this series, right? Um Miami played six games in uh in January. How many goals do you think they scored in that entire weekend? In the whole month of January, they played six games. Yes. Well, since you're asking me a question, it's got to be low. I'll say it is low. five. Two. What? Two. I was going to say That's, three, and I thought three was out, low. They got shut out four times and then scored uh, one goal in two games. Okay, well, never mind. You Quick, don't but, have to be acquainted to Redmond Savage's existence because I guarantee he hasn't scored more than two goals uh, in uh, question. And then three of those games, they led up at least seven. Oh, how many of those games were on the road? That, but, four. Exactly. And how, many, how many of the they're shutouts, dang, how many of the shutouts were on the road? road. Uh, three. There you go. Three okay. four. This game but, also on the road. Okay, cool. Their their one home series then, uh, also was North Dakota, and they lost four to one, and then eight nothing. Wow, making Nodak look good. Definitely should. That's its own sin, right? There. Definitely should probably pick Saint Cloud, but no, they burned you guys last week. They They're going to burn you guys this week. Bottom eight, I we're talking about this. It's a home game. Saint Cloud was on the road last weekend. And then before that, they swept Denver on their home ice. So St. Cloud's looking pretty good on home ice. So I'll take St. Cloud. Uh, really, the solid, the, the most solid pick I've got is LIU hosting yeah. Stonehill. Uh, some things that we didn't address a few minutes ago. Not only is this the first full series that Stonehill will play in D1, it's the first D1 game they'll play since October 8th. Of 2022, where they lost seven to one to LIU, so they so they've had a lot of time to get better. So they will win one game uh, against are, LIU. <laughs> my guy, you picked them too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, so uh, again, if Long Island somehow manages to loot, drop a game, I think they need to, um, they need like a a soccer style like a relegation thing. 
We we might like, just we'll relegate <laughs> relegate LAU to D two. Erase this pick from existence. Or ACHA or something. Uh, it should be it should be negative points if LIU drops a game. Uh, and my most questionable pick of the week because there always has to be one is MTech at coincidentally Bemidji. Uh, MTech has been really good in this second half. Really kind of surprised me. Bemidji putting the mid putting the mid in Bemidji so. So you guys got both three-leg parlays for you guys. I looked at the parlays this week. They're absolute dog water. They're always bad, though. <laughs> they no, are this, always week ex- thing. this week this especially is... just sucks. Well, like, so the reason why like. also, because um, it's kind of a short list this week. Yeah. Um, All the ECAC teams are playing one game. So. Well, the ECAC Ooh. is doing the thing the ECAC always does, and they they don't play real series. Ooh. I considered doing that at the beginning of the year, of like doing a system where it'd be like, for the ECAC, you could just pick like, what ECAC teams do you think are going to sweep their weekends? Be like, mm-hmm. oh, do you think QPAC's going to win both their games this weekend? They play, I don't know, Colgate and Harvard or something. Uh, I thought about that, but then I realized, eh. It's kind of, it gets really tough and complicated at that point. Yeah. For and, the, especially for people listening to try to follow along too. Exactly. <laughs> um, but then uh, also at the same time, Hockey East, which is another huge conference. Yeah. Uh, is like those games, man. is almost like exclusively playing like one game this weekend. Yeah, BU's having a heck of a season. I've barely been able to acknowledge it. Shout out BU. I, ha- yeah. I picked them last week over BC and they and they won. But nice. like hockey is just like almost all playing just on Friday and then not again until like next week. Weird. It is weird. Weird. Um. But, but even then, after that, next week is Bean Pot. Yes. So probably the greatest like what three games of. Because they do what four teams for that, and they do the yeah. little. Oh, I think it's a uh, four teams though. Because four teams, there's a console or four games. I mean, there's a consolation. Oh, consolation game, game too. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, but no, that we'll put that in next week's pickums. Mm-hmm. But yeah, shout out, shout out, the Bean Pod, Bean Pod, man, what a name! It is a name. So for me, I'm going for a two legger. I'm playing it, playing it safer, trying to get ahead of this guy who's just tied with me for freaking weeks and months, man. Ugh. So give me give me a two legger. Give me something chill. I'm going Minnesota State sweeping St. Thomas. Uh, please, please St. Thomas, don't don't win a game because last week there was a team with a almost gosh dang identical purple crest with some other letters <laughs> in it. <clears throat> Holy Cross that uh, screwed me over last week with RIT. So St. Thomas, don't do it this week to me. But if if that happens, then Cincy also loses. So that's cool with me. But um, I'm going Minnesota State, and then, of course, I'm picking LIU also to sweep Stonehill. So just a quick two-legger for me. Hopefully, we will not be tied again. But uh, it's possible. You're, you're history repeats the itself. This, history will repeat What we itself. need to have happen is it doesn't matter about – or it doesn't matter the Michigan-Wisconsin or the MSU-Notre Dame because the picks are the same. What we, need, what we need to have happen to be tied next week, Ohio State has to sweep. Uh, they have to sweep Penn State. But uh, St. Cloud has to lose to Miami. To two-goal Miami in six games. Yes. St. Cloud has to lose, Yikers. has to drop one to Miami, but Minnesota State and LIU both have to sweep. So it can happen again. It's theoretically possible. You're, uh, you're just banking. 
Oh, man. I don't need I don't need Michigan to win. I need St. Cloud to lose. <laughs> yeah. St. Cloud to lose for the sake of keeping St. Cloud to lose a third game in a row as they're a top five team in the nation. We're number one. If everything hits, I go up by th- three? No, five. No? Because I would get two point. I'd gain two points for the Ohio State one, and then I'd gain. Oh yeah, and then again three. I'd go up three. We'll see where we're at. We'll fix. We'll do the math week next week. From now, we'll but, do the math next week. But heck, it's the Notre Dame series this weekend. Friday night, Saturday, kind of afternoonish at four p.m. Puck drop. We've got heck of coverage for you guys. The first time in Impact Hockey history since I've been here. This is my third season. We are getting a back to back broadcast back-to-back broadcast there we go that's that's first time it's ever happened i'm ecstatic friday night we'll we will be live on the airwaves jacob phillips and i to give you guys a cover coverage of the whole entire game and then we're doing the same thing saturday afternoon we're going to be calling the game of course on impact airwaves and since you got some you got some written content coming out preview coming out soon and you're recapping both the games right yes sir yes sir and possibly some live tweeting in there too yeah, I'll do, we'll do some live tweeting during oh, the game. So, yeah, since he's going to be doing hack of stuff. So if you can't listen on the radio, we'll have the game recaps. We'll have live tweeting. We'll have it all for you. It's going to be it's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a dogfight this weekend. It will be lots of content coming. Yeah, so uh, from us in the, uh, the basement of Holden here in Impact Studios, this is going to wrap up this episode of Behind the Mask. We're going to be back next week to break down what happened against Notre Dame and preview probably the biggest series Michigan State will have all season long against Michigan with the duel of the D. It's going to be a heckin' interesting week, but we'll we'll see you guys next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a good one, and stay safe out there. It's a, it's a little chill.